First of all, I'd just like to say welcome to all of you. Um, for those of you who are new here or new on one of our retreats, I'm Christina, and this is Anna. I know some of you are very familiar with IMS and perhaps have a sense of coming home. And some of you are very new, I also know, to IMS and to the whole structure of retreats and are quite possibly a little bit unsure at this time about whether you should really even unpack your bags. <laughs> it will, I trust, also come to feel very much like home for you too. In the talk this evening, we'd just like to introduce a little bit the framework of this retreat, talk a little bit about its structure, and really to explore somewhat what we're all here for. I think that all of us in our lives need to know how to find sanctuaries of stillness, places within ourselves, places within our lives that offer to us a sanctuary of calm and serenity, of peace and of clarity. I think those times in our lives when we have been in touch with those sanctuaries we do come to know how much from that stillness is really born the, the wisdom and the sensitivity and the compassion that enables us to live in a, a sacred way, an open way, and a wise way. Most of us live in a world where there is much busyness, and living in that world, it is also very easy to become exiled from those places of calm and peace within ourselves. From our outer world, we often experience ourselves as being endlessly bombarded by impressions, by demands, and by expectations. And so much of that that bombardment asks us to live our lives in a way which can be governed by so much dedication to doing, to producing, to performing. Sometimes we feel very much compelled always to be striving, to be looking for perfection. And it is a painful way to live. It can be an extraordinarily painful way to live. When we live in a way in which we feel ourselves always looking outside and reaching outside of ourselves, looking to goals, looking to other people, looking to the next moment for happiness or for fulfillment, I think sometimes caught in the busyness of doing, the busyness of performing in our lives, it is easy to forget that the most precious and the most important journey that we are asked to make in our lives is actually this journey home, this journey to ourselves, to understand ourselves, and how to embody in our lives the compassion and the wisdom that we most value and honor. Now, it is not only our outer lives which can be governed by busyness and by doing. Inwardly, too, unless we know how to rest in a sanctuary of calmness and clarity, our inner world can become remarkably sticky. 
where we feel even bombarded by our own thoughts, our fears, our wanting, our needs, our expectations. And too, in that busyness, we experience a state of exile, a kind of homelessness, where we sometimes are lost in regrets about the past or anxieties about the future or confusion about the present. This is all a kind of homelessness, to be lost in striving or in feelings of powerlessness in images or in models. In many ways, so much of our doing is a kind of search. It is a search for happiness, a search for peace, a search for identity, a search for authenticity, or for freedom. But sometimes we forget about really where to direct that search and perhaps look for those things in places where they don't lie. I think if we reflect a little and examine and explore ourselves a little, we know intuitively that everything we actually search for and reach for lies in the wisdom of our own hearts and our own being. Meditation, you know, is described sometimes in so many, many different ways. But I think also that meditation is a way of returning home not rejecting the world around us, which clearly asks for our conscious engagement and transformation. But it is a way of returning to ourselves, of exploring this most intimate engagement and relationship in our lives, our relationship with ourselves. Meditation is a path of learning how to listen inwardly, learning how to be at ease within our own bodies, within our own minds, within our own hearts, learning how to be present within ourselves in a way that is free of struggle and alienation and conflict, learning those lessons within this most intimate relationship. We also learn the lessons of how to be at ease and how to be at home in all of our relationships in the world that we live in. There are many things that we can divorce ourselves from in our lives. You know, it is possible to separate ourselves from situations that are unpleasant, from encounters with people that are difficult, it is possible to avoid things, many things that we don't like. The one thing we can never divorce ourselves from is the quality of our own inner being. Whether we are alone, whether we are with many people, this is our constant companion. This is where, within ourselves, where we need to learn the lessons of peace, the lessons of compassion and acceptance and transformation, if we are going to touch the world with those qualities. Now, this is a very simple path. We don't have any esoteric techniques. We don't do initiations, we don't offer diplomas, we don't have any complicated practices, and there are no graduates in this path, nor are there any failures. This is a very, very simple path. We don't ask you here to learn any kind of new philosophy or belief system. There is no covert plan to convert you to Buddhism or anything like that on our agendas. It's a simple path. It's a path of learning how to be, 
learning how to be awake, learning how to listen, learning how to be present, learning how to let go. It's a path of intimacy. The practice we do here is simply a vehicle, a way of coming closer to ourselves and closer to all that each moment offers us. It's simple. We just learn here how to pay attention, how to listen well, how to be present fully. We learn. I think that all we need for transformation actually lies within this moment and lies within ourselves. Meditation, this path of being awake, it doesn't make any demands of us. We don't come here to learn how to be holy or how to be saintly or how to be perfect. If any of you have that on your menu that you might bring here, this is a wonderful opportunity simply to put that aside. We are not looking for saints. We are looking for all that is possible within our humanity, within our capacity to be an awake and conscious and compassionate human being. This is possible for all of us. This is what we seek to pay attention to. In a very real way, meditation is a kind of reaching for greatness. Not material greatness, not greatness of credential, but it is a way of really reaching within ourselves for greatness of heart and wisdom. And I hope, I trust, that this time that we spend here together the silence that we have, the meditation that we have, can be an inspiration for all of us to open to ourselves in new ways. A time of renewal, a time of exploring possibilities. Because what we have in the simplicity of this situation is an invitation. It is an invitation to really explore what we intuitively sense is possible for us. You know, it is intuition that brings us to meditation. Somewhere within us, there is a voice or a sense that whispers to us, you know, that we don't have to have suffering as a necessary shadow in our lives. We don't have to live in a way of conflict and alienation, that it is possible to discover within our own being an enduring sensitivity, an enduring happiness, an enduring openness and compassion. Here we are learning new lessons, new lessons within our way of being, new lessons within ourselves discovering how to find peace within chaos, how to find clarity within confusion, how to find compassion within the whole world of judgment, not denying anything, not dismissing anything, but learning, learning from each moment. I would like to add my words of welcome to all of you. I arrived here two days ago from California, where I live. Christina arrived here two days ago from England, where she lives. And we've been doing this for, I don't know, four or five years. We don't see each other for six months, and then we arrive here, and here we are. And it's always a great pleasure for me to be here at IMS, because this is like a home for me. It was a place I spent many days, many hours, many moments, many difficult moments, many wonderful moments, sitting and walking just as you are going to be 
most of my practice was done right here. So for me, this place has um, a lot of wonderful feelings of association, and it really um, warms my heart to see so many people who want to come and uh, sort of feel drink at this uh, well of Dharma that we have here. It is a wonderful place to practice. There are not too many places in the world where lay people such as you and me can come and taste for a while what it means to live a life of renunciation where we are not being guided so much by um, worldly pursuits of um, material wealth or fame or money or achievement, but rather by <clears throat> another um, calling, a calling of the heart to look within and to dive deep and to ask those questions of ourselves and of life that really, really ask for our attention and yet they're so little place in our world, it seems, and space for those questions to be really inquired into. So I very wholeheartedly welcome you all here, and I look forward to our time together and to sharing and getting to know you all as best we can in this short time together. This place of insight meditation is a place where um, people work and live and honor the teachings of the Dharma. This is a place where the values of learning to live in harmony are very much cultivated. The people who live and work here are committed to the integration of these teachings into their daily lives. And one of the ways they do this is through their service to you, the people that you have met in the office, in the dining room. They are all here because of a common vision, and they have worked hard and um, put in many hours to make this retreat possible for you. We are all here to serve you as best we can, and it is out of this abiding respect and love for the Dharma that we are here to serve you. The Dharma is what we know, and it is what we teach. So whether this is your first retreat or your 10th or 20th retreat, whether we are a yogi or whether we are a work retreatant or whether we are a teacher or whether we're on staff, we all, in a sense, are beginners together because when it comes to being present, to opening ourselves to just this present moment, which is what this practice is about, the authority of the, of the past has no hold. When it comes to being present, our credentials in the world don't matter very much. It behooves us at the start of a retreat to have what is called beginner's mind. It is said that in the beginner's mind there are many possibilities, while in the expert's mind there are few. So we want to, at the beginning of this venture together, hold a certain openness of heart and mind, which will allow us to explore all the possibilities that are available to us in these 10 days. Now, for those of you who are new to the retreat situation and perhaps feeling a little anxious or insecure, not quite wondering, not quite knowing what you've gotten yourselves into, um, and I certainly do remember those feelings vividly myself, the first thing to do that I would encourage you to do is to, you know, familiar, familiarize yourself with your surroundings. Take a little walk around the grounds. You've had perhaps a tour of the building. Make yourselves feel at home and relax. Relax. You can even take off your watches because our life here is going to be 
um, come very familiar very fast and it won't require much thought or planning on your part. Your day has been planned for you. We have thought it all out for you. You can just take off your watch and listen for the bell. And when you hear a bell, you'll see people sort of trotting off in a particular direction. And even if you don't know where they're going, I advise you to sort of trot along with them. <laughs> you will probably arrive here in the meditation hall, or you will arrive um, in the dining hall, or you will arrive at your walking spot. And everything will be very clear to you as to what is next. So you don't have to think too much about your schedule or what is next. Um, it's easy, I know, sometimes when we come into a new situation to sort of, um, in the face of the unknown, to start arriving at conclusions. Well, this is not what I expected, or I'm not sure I'm going to like this, or oh no, and this and that and the other. As much as possible, watch that tendency of mine and just don't arrive at any hasty conclusions. This is equally true for those who have sat retreats before. It is also useful for those who are now experts at the meditation to remember beginner's mind and to watch your expectations, your memories of the last retreat and hoping perhaps to repeat something that was especially wonderful from the last retreat. It probably won't happen. Retreats have a way of surprising us. The unexpected is our constant companion. Now it is true that we all come on retreats with a certain amount of baggage. Not only the baggage that you brought up here with you from the parking lot below, your backpacks and your toothbrushes and your pillows and your favorite teddy bears and who else and who knows what else you might have brought along with you. Not only that baggage, but all the internal baggage that we bring with us. Our obsessions with our work or with questions of relationship, or our grief, our depression, our angst, our midlife crisis, or the loss of a loved one, or an impending decision, or even just a feeling of quiet contentment with one's life, or perhaps ecstatic happiness. Whatever kind of internal baggage that you walked through the front door with, it is most welcome here. Whatever it is, it's okay. Because this practice is about working with what is, and it is all workable. Our practice is about the cultivation of natural, wakeful presence with whatever is happening in our lives. Whatever difficulties, whatever pleasures, whatever pains, whatever joys, it is all part of our practice. This ability to be present with what is in an open, spacious, non-judgmental attentiveness is one of the greatest gifts we can give to ourselves and to our world. The gift of our attention. This is what heals. This is what connects us with life this simple ability to attend. I read recently that in the psychological world, um, literature, they've been doing research on empathy because they find in the psychotherapeutic relationship it is really empathy, one person for another, that has the greatest capacity to help somebody heal and to move on. And what they, the way in which they describe empathy is really very close to what we are teaching here, which is this open, non-judgmental, spacious, allowing attention. That is what heals. That is what we bring to ourselves. That is the gift that we take out of here that we can bring back to 
to our friends, to our families, to our co-workers, to our children. There's another reflection on being here together that I'd like to share with you. There's a book by a man named uh, Bill McKibben, I believe. Some of you may be familiar with it. It's a book called The Age of Missing Information. Has anybody here read it? Well, he did a very interesting experiment. <clears throat> he took it upon himself to do a bit of research. And the first part of the research was that he watched television for 24 hours of one day. And not only did he watch 24 hours of one day, but he watched 24 hours on something like 12 different channels. So actually this 24-hour day took like three months or something to complete. But he did it, and it was somewhat of a strain to his wife, as you can imagine, because he was watching television every day, quite continuously, for three months. So those of us who have partners who are into sports, um, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is nothing compared to what this man's wife had to put up with. Anyway, um, so that was the first part of his experiment. And he just noticed what kind of information he got about the world from watching this, these programs, including the commercials. What kind of world was being described? And so in the book he writes about this, what he discovered. And I don't need to tell you what he discovered because we've all watched television. And then the second part of the research was that he went on a camping trip and he took 10 days and went up by himself into a wilderness area and spent time hiking, but also just sitting and being in nature and observing what kind of information he got about the world and about himself by just being quiet and in nature. So the second part of the book is his writing about what, he, what kind of information came through to him about the world by just this kind of experiment. And then he compared the two. And of course, his bias was a little bit towards that of, you know, being in nature. His point being that many of our children are being raised in cities where the only information, the primary information they have about the world comes to them through the media. And many Many people don't have the opportunity to spend this kind of quiet, reflective, open, receptive time in nature observing the natural world. Now I think of this in terms of our in terms of meditation, because I do think it is also true that until we come and sit still and pay attention and learn to observe the goings-on of our minds and our bodies, there's a lot of information that we're missing about what it means to be a human being, about what it means to be here now in this moment. So I invite you to do some research for yourselves in this 10 days. What kind of information will you be receiving as you sit here? What will you be learning about what it means to be here? So, um, one of the ways in which we like to create an atmosphere of safety and harmony for all of us to be here together is by considering living by certain what are called training precepts. These are ways of training our 
mind and heart to live in a way which cultivates the quality of harmlessness, of living in harmony with all life. These training precepts are five, and they're traditionally given in uh, monastic situations in Asia, or any time people come together to practice Buddha Dharma. So I'd like to go over these training precepts with you and have you consider them. Um, They're not to be taken as, you know, um, rules or something that we are forcing on you by any means, but rather reflections for you to consider and to see if you can find it in your, find a willingness to abide by these precepts in our time together. The first of these is the precept of not killing any living being, but rather living in harmony and respect for all life forms. The second training precept is that of not taking what is not offered, not taking what is not offered. In other words, um, having respect for other people's possessions or food or whatever it might be, their zafus, not taking anything that is not offered. The third training precept is that of keeping right speech. However, in this context, what this means is keeping silence. We will be, after tonight's talk, going into silence together. And what this means is not just the absence of verbal conversation, um, but rather it is an invitation to deepen your connection with your ongoing moment-to-moment attentiveness. It means, for the most part, refraining from eye contact with people, no hand signals across the room, um, no notes on the bulletin board, but to really use this time to go very deeply into oneself and see the silence as an invitation for that deepening process to occur. It's not meant to be unfriendly, but a way rather of connecting with life on a deeper level. And many people actually find the silence as a kind of relief from having to perform socially or think of clever things to say or make conversation. It's a way of relaxing very deeply into your own being. The fourth training precept is that of not committing sexual misconduct. In other words, refraining from all forms of sexual contact in the time that you are here. Meaning again, not as seeing it again as an invitation to deepen in your own connection with yourself and not interfering with others' um, process as they are also connecting with themselves. The fifth training precept is that of not taking intoxicants or anything that would cloud the mind. We are encouraging wakefulness here, not intoxication. So do you have any questions about these five guidelines that I have mentioned? If not, then I'm going to repeat them and just have you silently um, reflect and feel your willingness to um, undertake voluntarily. I undertake the training precept of not killing, of living in harmony and respect for all life forms. I undertake the training precept of not taking what is not offered. I undertake the training precept of keeping silence. I undertake the training precept of not committing sexual misconduct. 
I undertake the training precept of not taking intoxicants. So again, welcome. I hope you have a very rich and rewarding retreat. We know many of you have traveled here from some distance and are probably a little tired. So we're, we're going to sit together, but we, we won't sit for very long tonight. But before we do, I'd like to um, offer you a, a chance to stand up and stretch for a little bit. And then we will do a sitting together before we close. Just one more small um, point I would just like to mention is the, the value of cultivating simplicity during your time here. Um, you have noticed that, you know, this is a fairly simple place in many ways. You know, we don't have a, a lot of pictures on the wall in here. There's not a lot of things to do. Um, and it is really helpful in this environment to cultivate a great inner simplicity, to really know your own part in cultivating that kind of simplicity that is so helpful to deepening in this practice. Now, you will, I'm sure, most everyone, go through moments during this retreat, you know, where you would really love to have something really interesting to do. Um, you know, and then, you know, then our minds get fairly busy, you know, in looking. And, you know, it's not unknown for people to leave IMS having memorized the fire extinguisher instructions. <laughs> I would suggest it is actually helpful to, as much as possible, to be patient with that that hungry mind, and to cultivate a great simplicity. Uh, you probably noticed in the room where you registered near the front door, there's a room that looks like a library. It actually only looks that way. This is not a library for reading. Um, actually, you know, we just spent many days in, in, in teacher meetings before this retreat began, and one of our major decisions was to uh, deport the books. Uh, this may sound, you know, a great relief to some of you who have been here before. It may sound terrible. It is not because we are anti-reading, but to really appreciate. We have many times in our life for absorbing information from the world, from other sources. And as Anna was mentioning, this is a time for absorbing our own information. So that room that looks like a library is actually another room for sitting in, not for sleeping in, not for eating in, but another room for sitting in. Um, if you have brought, you know, a, a suitcase full of texts, you know, even if it's a suitcase full of Buddhist sutras, I would suggest you leave them in your suitcase to really have this time of being without props. What, it is, what is it like to be without props in our lives? To tell us how to be, what to think, what to reach for, but to really listen inwardly. Similarly with, with writing, you know? Yeah, this is not maybe the best time to finish your manuscript or your 
your memoirs or whatever you might be working on, to leave, in a way, that busyness apart, to seek to connect with the stillness that is possible. Um, We can begin slowing down in this retreat already this evening. You know, we do come with, with baggage, and one of the baggage sometimes we bring is this habit of, of you know, arriving places, of having to get somewhere very quickly. Um, it is helpful to cultivate that, that sense of ease within your body from this evening. You know, there's no rush to be anywhere. You, you know, you'll, you'll manage. You'll get there on time. Um, just let yourself slow down a little. Relax in your body. Feel where you are. Attune yourself to your environment. Just calm down, you know, cultivating that calmness of body. Tomorrow we will give, you know, considerably more instruction and throughout the days also every morning sitting after breakfast we will be exploring in more depth meditation instruction This evening, just to begin this retreat and to share a small time of quietness together, just letting yourself just firstly pay attention to your body, to how you are sitting in this moment, to what's happening in your body. Just pay attention to your posture and cultivating a posture of alertness and balance, and steadiness. Finding that place within your own posture, within your own body, where you feel attentive, aware of yourself, a posture of stillness and calmness. And just letting yourself relax into that posture, And relax into this moment. Just listening inwardly. There are many things, many feelings that are changing within your body. There is also the the constancy of your breathing. Just simply paying attention to that sensation and that movement within your body. Being aware of what happens with an in-breath being aware of the feeling of an out-breath Just being attentive to that moment where an out-breath turns to an in-breath and an in-breath turns to an out-breath. not trying to control or alter that process in any way of your breathing. But letting there be that quality of ease and naturalness within your own breathing and within your way of being present in that movement in that sensation.
Breathing in with sensitivity and breathing out with sensitivity. Just cultivating a moment-to-moment attentiveness. Sometimes your attention wanders and you lose that connection with your breathing and your body. In those moments, just cultivating that willingness to begin again, to renew that connection with being present, of breathing in a mindful, clear, conscious way. May all beings be at peace within themselves. May all beings live in peace with one another. May all beings live in peace. I would suggest this evening that you take the time to get settled, to know where you need to be, to storing all your things, um, 
to let yourself slow down and before you go to bed tonight, perhaps just to take a few moments of reflection of what it means for you to be here and perhaps a few moments of really cultivating a sense of giving this space and time here in a dedicated way to exploring really what is possible for each one of us to being awake. In the first day of the retreat tomorrow, in appreciation of how much many of you have traveled this evening and today, uh, there isn't a sitting before breakfast, but really, as you, if you are awake, please do come and sit. The meditation room is never closed. Um, but otherwise, breakfast is served, the schedule's on the board. But as you begin your day, to begin in a careful way when you wake in the morning, a conscious way, letting go of habit, really bringing a quality of, of sensitivity and mindfulness to the most simple things that we do to begin our day, in our dressing and washing and eating, to be there, to be present. After breakfast, there is a work period. And to know that this work period is not just a question of getting certain jobs out of the way, but in your participating in the work period, you are offering your own service, your own generosity to this center that is really a result of countless people's generosity. And to do, engage in that work period, in that, in that spirit of mindfulness and wakefulness. Then in the first sitting after breakfast, we will take some time to uh, go into the meditation, exp explain the meditation more fully, the sitting and the walking. But for this evening, just to have that sense of coming home, being present, being at ease. Hope you rest well. Uh, 6.15. The wake-up bells at 6.15. This talk was given by Anna Douglas at Insight Meditation Society on July 23, 1993. It is an offering of the... Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.